Welcome to Conversations Beyond the Veil. I'm your host, Sayo Nickerson. We hope that you will join Brandon, Victoria, and I as we aim to make sense of the past, age-old mysteries, and historical figures through mediumship, where we chat with beings or spirits on the other side who have a story to tell. We never know where it's going to go, and we hope that you will come along for the ride. Hello and welcome to this week's episode where we speak with Joan of Arc. This episode's a little bit different in that my partner Chris came as a stand-in for Brandon, so it's a little bit different personalities there and and we let him choose who we were going to speak to. I have to say this is maybe one of my favorite ones because it was so unexpected, I guess is what I would say. I feel like we we were digging through the past and, and solving mysteries And there's some very surprising things that came up and some questions, you know, like, uh, was was the maid of Orléans really a maid? That's a a big question. You know, what was her personality like? She's a saint after all. And that came through loud and clear. So lots of uh, different things to explore. I really hope that you enjoy this episode. So this week, we're doing something a bit different because Brandon is away in the U.S. for five weeks. And so we have a guest interviewer with us today, which is our friend Chris, and also my boyfriend, (laughs) (laughs) father of my child. So Chris is joining us today instead of Brandon, so we'll see how this plays out. Something that was kind of cool is that I thought we would let Chris decide who we were speaking to. So, Chris, do you want to tell us a little bit about who we're going to try to speak to today and why you wanted to? Why I wanted to? I don't know. Um, Well, who we're speaking to is Joan of Arc. Do you want me to do like a bit of a background on Joan of Arc? Um, That's up to her. No? No. Nothing. Okay. So, Joan of Arc, that's it. I mean, I know a tiny bit about her, Okay. but I don't know. So, we're talking to Joan of Arc. The reason I want to talk to Joan of Arc... the reason has to do with her story, so should I, <laughs> <laughs> should I share that too? I don't know. I, I suppose I'll put it in like the sense that Joan, the story of Joan is that she was divinely inspired and there was a big controversy between, at the time that she lived, between her and the English or the the secular authorities of the English and the as well as the religious authorities as to the truth of her divine inspiration. So anyway, I'm just curious about what she has to say about that, I suppose. That's kind of the, the core of it, but you know, I don't know. She's a she's a a very interesting historical figure in that she's a saint. Yeah, um, that's true. We haven't spoken to a saint yet, have we? We haven't. Yeah, but she's a saint that there's a reasonable amount of recorded history about. That's about it, I suppose. Okay. And for our listeners, just some brief broad strokes is that Joan of Arc was born in the 1400s and um, died in... She was born in 1412. Yeah, and died in 1431. Correct. Um, So she was only 19 years old when she died, but a whole lot went on in those last two years of her life, which is why she's so famous. 
Um, yeah, so it's quite a while ago, but at the same time, there are quite a few records. And so it'll, it'll just be interesting to, to see what her take is on mm. things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. So then, Victoria, just to let Chris know, uh, she's going to take a few moments to call her in, and we're just going to see what comes through <laughs> and go from there. Sweet. Okay. The first question I want to ask is, is she an Ascended Master? Okay. I have no idea. I don't even know what an Ascended Master is. <laughs> um, in spiritual terms, I guess it's like you'd say, Jesus is one, or Buddha, um... Do you get the sense that she is? Well, there's just a feeling of her like. Well, she's a saint. That is that coming in from above. But when you said saint earlier, my first thought was, who makes someone a saint? Mm -hmm. That was from the human realm, right? That was the Mm -hmm. church or whatever. So Mm -hmm. I don't think that means has to mean that she is an ascended master or or a really evolved soul. She could be, Mm -hmm. um, but a saint is. Man-made construct. Exactly. Yeah. What makes somebody an ascended master? That's a good point. Okay, I'm just going to roll with it and see. Because I felt her come in from above, mm. um, which they don't normally do. I feel like they would normally come from behind. Um, so that signifies to me that she may be coming from a, a higher vibration. Mm. And ascended masters live on a higher vibration. But it doesn't feel like all this holy... Like Archangel Michael's here or something. It's not really that kind of frequency. But there is a sense of a strong presence from her and a solid one. I'm not feeling like a really feminine, soft, like it's not Mother Mary loving kind of feeling. It's it's just a strong, it's quite masculine to be honest. Yeah. And it feels like that's what she needed, um, the energy she needed to assume in this life. I'm just keep being drawn back to Princess Diana from a few weeks ago. Soft, motherly. Yeah, and she's just not that. It doesn't mean she's not loving, but like there's more of a, a mission and a purpose. Action. The masculine action energy coming from her. It's interesting. What's her personality like? I'm curious about that. At first it feels kind of hard to gauge her personality. And when I do connect with spirit, it's like getting to know someone for the first time. So it can take a little bit to warm up and immediately how she presents herself isn't in her personality per se, if that makes sense. It's not like, oh, I was this person who was like this and did this. It's, I'm here. So she's not leading with her personality. She's leading with her... Like essence? Yes. It's more like I'm seeing it as a shield around her. And she, it's, it's really interesting that she leads with the masculine because that's, she wore men's clothes. Oh, really? for, from the time that she was, it's part of why they executed her. Apparently she, that's not allowed in the Bible or something to dress It's a heresy. Yeah, but they're just not sure how grave it is. <laughs> they weren't sure how to rate it. But okay. she always wore men's clothes. She wore suits of armor. Oh, so I'm seeing like a shield in front of her. Okay, she's, yeah, okay, she's okay, a warrior. Okay. She's a warrior. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the I mean it's bang on, like how she's come across through time to us as as this fierce. Even though she was a girl, she was like a man, she was a soldier. She wore men's clothes, she yeah, led lived, armies. lived with men, she wasn't a you know, okay. traditional okay, so, woman. Right, that feels good. Because it it's almost like there's no room for personality. Mm. It's too 
there's too much to do and be done. In a short time. Yeah, to feel, to feel literally just that in the feminine, like the feminine feels and she doesn't have the space for that. Yeah, that would take up too much time. Huh. So I'm seeing this shield in front of her and that's what she's leading with is this charge. But I do think if, if we can slow down and strip that back, then we could get to know her and how she felt. But she is presenting herself that way. What's the relationship to the Archangel Michael? If any. Because I said that. Yeah. It was just my first thought that if I have a channel, an Archangel or like a, a really high being, then it's a different frequency. Like it's really just light and loving, almost like Christ consciousness kind of feeling. It's interesting you said that because she, that was the thing that she said. The main her Her voice. main vision, is her vision that she, her main vision that she had was a vision from the Archangel Michael. Oh, really? Yeah, and he was that, the one telling her to do all these things. That, that she was to lead, wow. to, to basically, to, to remove the English from France and reinstate, or instate Charles as the King of France. Charles Seventh or Charles VI? Sixth, I think. Yeah, as the King of France. That's but it was a vision from the Archangel Michael. Maybe that was connected then. I mean, Archangel Michael tends to be my go-to person if I'm thinking of an Archangel, but maybe that she gave me that. Okay. Which, going back to the saint thing, I right now my feeling is that she's not on the same level as that, as like Archangel or necessarily Ascended Master. A lot of her sainthood, the feeling I'm getting, I don't know at what point she was made a saint, but it feels like it comes by way of apology or trying to justify something. Politically? Yes, from the human realm. That's, that's exactly, what happened. That's exactly why she was made a saint. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, arguably... I mean, the, it was uh, one of the reasons. Well, it was <clears throat> why they reversed her trial because, like, she was found guilty, trial of heresy, and burnt at the stake. And then a few years later, they kind of had people starting to look into it and be like, hey, was this trial? You know, and they're like, oh, well, they didn't do it right. And, like, no. And so they reversed the verdict. So that happened a few years after she died. Uh, I think her mother like brought a petition saying, you know, she shouldn't, this trial wasn't fair and it wasn't right. And she was not a heretic. And, but part of that was because King Charles. So, I mean, I think this part's okay to say like what happened is back then it's during the hundred year war. Mm -hmm. And so big parts of France were under English occupation. Um, and there was a lot of French people and groups like the Burgundians who supported English rule in France. But she had these visions that Charles needed to be, he needed to be crowned in Reims, which is where they traditionally crowned the French kings, but was now under English occupation. And so they ended up fighting and taking it back, and she was leading the armies to do this. They retook that city. He was crowned with her at his side. And so if she was then a heretic, that delegitimizes his divine you know, the fact that he right was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So politically for him, it was important to make sure that she wasn't painted okay. in that light after the fact. 
I mean, it's very, it's very interesting time, really. Mm-hmm. But getting back to Joan herself, should we give you some time to see if there's anything yeah. she would like to share? I'd like to get past how she's presented herself and, and the world has presented her and just really try and get to know her. But I, I feel like it's going to be a struggle. Okay, we'll, we'll see what comes through. Feels like she's having a hard time relaxing and letting her guard down. There's a tension in her, which I'm feeling in my stomach. It's like a holding. And I want, actually, I feel a little bit sad saying that. I want to ask her why. God, I feel such like a, oh, I've, just, I've spent my life, her short life, holding so tightly and not being able to express any emotion. And somehow she did it and she made it through, but it doesn't feel good. And there's a sense of relief that she can like take that armor off now. And I see her kind of falling to the ground and collapsing. Um, like when your adrenaline's so high and then you finally stop and you just collapse. That's how she's, that's what she's showing me. Hmm. I mean, that totally makes sense. It was very intense. And then she, yeah, I mean, she was also like a symbol of hope and, you know, all the pressure that goes along with that. And yeah needing to keep up appearances and, and be, like, you know, who she's saying she is. Mm. I mean, I, I'd like to go back to how this all started and how she went from being a farm girl to leading armies. Okay. That's interesting. I'm hearing her say, like, if I were born a boy, I could have done so much more. And there's a feeling of frustration that she didn't get to be born into a male body, even though I, I believe that she would have chosen to be female. It's not even answering your question, but I just felt like I needed to say that. But it's, it's, she's taking me back to when she was younger, so childhood and feeling like frustrated that she's not a boy. I see her being treated differently by family and people around her as a girl, and that's where the frustration is. Like, I, I don't want to um, live the life that I will have been assigned just from being a female. She feels very rebellious. Feels like she would have got into trouble and they're also getting perhaps her family even into trouble along with her. And she feels like someone who would kind of run away and escape because she's so adamant she's not going to stay in this life that she was born into. Was she very clear on what she wanted to do instead? Well, I'm wondering now how she got into the political scene. There's something, just this innate drive in her, like you're born and you just know that this is not where you're meant to be. It's an internal compass that she's just pulled somewhere. So I feel like it probably was destined for her. I don't even think she can explain why. It, she's just showing me it as that that pull, and no one around her understands that. And what was the pull? A greater cause, is what I'm hearing. I, f- I get a sense that she's full of rage. There's a lot of fury coming up, and just wanting to like charge into battle, but again, not being able to. I don't know where this rage comes from, but it's like deep within me. You want to ask her? Yeah. I don't believe that it's just 
this life of hers. Um, but I am being shown this scene of, it feels like she's being pinned down, like her arms being held, probably by a male, and she wants to fight back. And she just feels at the point where she just kind of goes a bit stone cold and switches off being a woman. It's not safe to be a woman. Hmm. So I'm going to be a man. That sounds to me like a, a rape scene. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to like describe it as that, but potentially. Really? Yeah. Do you have any questions? Feel free to jump in whenever, honey. Yeah, I'm just curious about her relationship with the divine. Okay. And what she... I don't know how that works, but like what across lifetimes, I suppose, but in that particular lifetime, um, what that meant to her. Because it was Archangel Michael that told her to. Well, she, she, you know, she really claimed to have a, essentially to be a messenger from God. Okay. Like that was her, and I'm just curious as to what that means. And Yeah, like yeah. she was given this message from Archangel Michael that Charles needs to be crowned. She had multiple messages, place. but that was one of them. Yeah, she had many different visions. And, I mean, throughout her entire life was adamant. They put her to death because she would not recount these visions. She would not say, because one of the things they said was they were like, look, if you just, they had this, I forget, you could make an apology. It's not the right word, but you could apologize for your heresy and say, I won't do it again. And, okay, I'll dress as a woman and... If these visions come, I'll tell them to go away. I won't listen to them. I won't acknowledge them won't publicly acknowledge, anymore. Well, but not even that. I won't acknowledge them at all. I will tell them to go away because I think the church at that time believed that these visions possessed almost like a supernatural power. And the if witch. she, yeah, and if she was, if she listened to them, then yeah, she was a witch essentially. And and well, the English at the time really believed that she was a witch because that's she. She led the French armies to victory in this massive siege that they really shouldn't have won. And they were like, well, the only way that could have happened is if she had, if she was a witch. Anyway, the whole point is she, she wouldn't do it. She was like, she died instead of like, they, they burned her to death mm -hmm. instead of her being like, okay, fine. I'll just not do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? It was Which, really important to her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was, so I'm. It appears it was really important to her. She was willing to die for it. Yeah, she chose her faith over life. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's look into that then, see how she feels. I feel like she's saying, I'd do it again. She wouldn't change that. She's very stubborn. Determined. Determined. <laughs> she didn't like you saying stubborn. No. <laughs> Determined. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. So let's ask her about her relationship to the divine. I feel like starting by saying everyone, if they choose, will have a connection. You know, you can start speaking out loud to, you know, God, Jesus, Archangel Michael, whoever you believe in. And I guess she would have done that. But then the next stage is like receiving messages from them, whether it be in dreams or in visions or however I don't know she was receiving it but let's see if she actually was receiving something or if it was her 
talking to him. Having a hard time because it just feels like something's a bit off with her. In what way? There's such determination um, that it almost feels like it's blocking it a bit. It also makes me wonder how, if you were in such a state where you were so tense and driven to take action, how do you receive from that space? That feels a bit off to me. Well, I want to share something that I read at the beginning, which maybe informs this a bit. So she, you know, lived in a small village and was part of a farming family or something like that. And I think there was some raids because they were always taking over. You know, there's a million little towns in France. And so they're like, oh, this one's mine now. The, you know, we're the English, we have mm-hmm. it. And no, the French are taking it back. And so I think there was a lot of that going on. And I read that her town and her family, like the town got attacked by the English factions and they had to flee and they probably burned some crops or who knows what. Stole some cows. Yeah. And so I was wondering if maybe that's a source of where like some of that anger mm-hmm. came from. And then she just decided as in like, her purpose, that's it. I need to defeat the English. And then being the girl and all this stuff, I, I, I wonder if it wasn't contrived that she's like, I know I'm going to, like, because there was a prophecy going around at the time about how France would be saved by a virgin, virgin. right? And if she's like, "Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to be that person," and then I'm going to start saying that this is what I'm being told, and and she is that determined, she can sell it. I don't know. Well, it's good. And then she died for it. But sorry, there is a sense that feels quite ego-led. Even at the beginning, when I said she comes in from above, I'm like. Did she choose to do that because she wants to present herself as <laughs> great? You can approach the divine thing in a different way because you said about this thing of like her being, they're dying for this. She said, I would do it again. Mm-hmm. Why? I feel like she's in a bit of a mood with me. I want to say to her, we just want the truth of the story, your story. We still think you're awesome. You did amazing things. Yeah. I believe it's that determination and stubbornness. And it doesn't mean that that was wrong. I think it's amazing that anyone would choose their faith over life. I think that's like the ultimate commitment. I just, going back to the, whether or not she was actually divinely led or it was a construct from herself of wanting to be that virgin that leads. Also want to bring in that potential rape scene. Um, seeing like if the village is getting pillaged and maybe some English guy came in and yeah. and did that to her and that there's rage there and wanting to fight back. Um, the way she's presenting herself makes me question, to be honest, because someone that pure and if you're really a saint, I don't think you'd come through in this way. And and before when you went, what was that about? I don't remember. Hmm. What were we talking about? Well, just when I was speaking about this, um, yeah, just about how maybe she came up with the whole thing as her escape because she wanted out. Oh, that was me feeling like maybe that's true. And then I felt the ego thing coming in. So then she chose her faith over life, but then faith in what? The whole thing wasn't divinely inspired. Where does the faith piece come in? 
what she devoted herself to, is her, her belief system, really. Okay, was it divinely inspired? I feel like I'm leaning towards what you're saying, like she assumed the role. You can convince yourself of anything. Yeah, especially if you're angry. And you know the term, like the maiden of Orléans. Orléans. She gave herself that name. She started calling herself the Virgin and making that be a big part of her identity. I don't know. I just feel kind of gross and I don't like it. And I trust my body when I feel that even with people in real life, when I talk to them, if it feels off, I'm like, okay, trust that it's off. If you're really a saint, I don't think you need to convince people. And again, I want to come back to Princess Diana. There's just this different feeling of like, how did she show up? She wasn't trying to convince anyone of anything. She was like, do you know what? We don't even need to talk about that. Like, she didn't need to fight back. It was like, yeah, maybe they did kill me. But we don't need to talk about that. That's not important. There's such like a, there's a humble feeling with her. Whereas with Joan here, it just, she's not softening. And I don't trust that. Interesting. If you, if you, it's like with someone in real life, if you're convinced of your truth and you know it's true, you don't need to fight. If someone fights back, then they're Whatever, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I did have some questions in reading about her. So, you know, she has this mission to go and crown Charles. So then he's crowned, but then she wants to go fight some more. And a lot of the people, like the the French higher-ups, including the king himself, they're more conciliatory. They want to use diplomacy to get along with the English and negotiate things, you know, uh, where she wanted to go and fight, and they were kind of like having to rein her back a little bit. And so my question is, okay, well, if that mission's done, like, and it was all about getting him crowned, like, was her mission, did she ever say, was to actually completely get rid of the English out of France? Or I'm like, why why keep fighting? Unless maybe no, it was an ego, an ego thing. Oh, I'm hearing it's never enough. Yeah. And she wants to continue, like, power-hungry. Yeah, because she got a lot of glory. I mean, she was 18, 19 years old and right hand of the king, you know, at, when he gets crowned. and So, yeah, that's that's a nice ego boost. I feel like this could be a really horrible thing to say because no one deserves to be burnt at the stake. But there is this feeling of, like, needing to stop her. Even though I don't really feel good in the way it's heading, it's like she's just fighting so much. And she's trying to take, take, take. Hmm. And I don't know where that would have led if she didn't die. Interesting. I mean, it, it fits a pattern of, like, that was her whole thing. Like, it was get in charge and every... It, she had one modus of operandi, which was attack. <laughs> it was just, what are we going to do in this? We're going to attack. <laughs> and, and it worked for a while. Until yeah. It didn't. And then there was this other, like... You know, they all—they were all like little petty kings, I guess, that had their little regions or dukedoms or something. And so there was this like the Duke of Alençon or something like that. And they became really good buddies and they were going to attack France together or Paris. They wanted to take down Paris. And in the end, Charles ended up sabotaging that attack because he was like, no, I don't, I don't want to go attack Paris. 
because um, they tried to lay siege to it. And he actually dismantled the bridge that they would have needed to go. And so then she wasn't able. They had to all withdraw. But she and this duke really wanted to. And then after that, then they weren't allowed to, they weren't allowed to hang out together anymore mm. because they were too, like, they egged each other on too much or something. Okay, so given all this, what does she, how does she feel about the fact that she's referred to as a saint? This is where she's turning, and I feel like it's fake. It feels kind of narcissistic, really, of saying, like, she doesn't need that label. Like, she did what she did, and it was for the greater good. But it, it doesn't feel genuine. It really doesn't to me. It's more ego-based. Yeah. Versus, like, true purpose. Well, so, I mean, we could ask her what was her actual purpose in that life. Because what I'm hearing is the real divine intervention was stopping her. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I don't like this. I don't want to rewrite history. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure someone said this somewhere. Okay. So, her purpose. I'm questioning whether she was destined for the farm life and she just switched it. But I don't, like I said, there was some pull in her to it. And where is it that some people in this life need to be bad to teach people lessons? Is that a road we can go down or can we scrap that? What do you mean? Just in my thought pattern here, like, because there was a pull for her to take action. To do this whole life, basically. Yes, and that feels divinely inspired. It's an innate knowing that she's not destined for that farm life. But at what point did it get out of hand? Or uh, some people are meant to have these challenging roles. For other people's yes. good. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's worth discussing the whole, you said, you know, was it divinely inspired that she was burned? Because there's a lot of controversy around that around the fact that she was burned because there's a lot that went on around her execution that was not how we would call it like standard practice at the time. There was a lot of corruption around the thing, the events that led to her being executed. Like if it was a standard case of heresy, there's no way this person would have been executed. So they bent a lot of rule of rules. A lot of shenanigans happened in the trial. That well, just... And beyond it, yeah. And it's an interesting question that, uh, yeah, what, how does she feel about being burned? Mm. Well, firstly, I never think it's divinely inspired for anyone to be burned. That's a human choice for them to kill her that way. Um, but it, it did feel like someone needed to stop her because she was just snowballing. She was rolling down the hill. How do you feel about being burned? Again, there's this almost humble attitude. But I feel that it's it's so like I'd do it again. Like she took for the one. glory. Yeah, I took one for the team. I sacrificed myself for what I believe in, which I think is amazing. Like that is a huge challenge. And I can almost put myself in her shoes, like luckily life isn't like that now, but I would have been burned at the stake at that time if I was doing this. And 
but it's just the way she's showing it. It doesn't feel genuinely humble or like it's her duty. It's, it's again, it's ego-based. Mm. Doing it out of pride. Like, this was my course and I'm sticking to it. Yeah. Yeah. Because how does she feel about having repented? Because at one point they brought her out and then she said, okay, fine, fine, fine. I'll sign this paper. And she said, I won't wear men's clothes anymore. I won't talk to spirits mm -hmm. anymore. Yeah, well, that's um, the that is the that's the issue, the controversy around the, around her being executed is that she did repent. She said that she would not wear men's clothes. She said that she would not um, talk about her visions, and they were going to allow her to go to mass, to church, and that she would be put in like a prison with women, and it would be a, a religious prison. Um, but they didn't. They threw her in a prison with a bunch of men there's male guards there's male guards there's rumors that she was raped attempted yeah they put men's clothes in the room uh, and no women's clothes so she was forced to wear men's oh. clothes and then she was supposed to be visited by like various priests and stuff they wouldn't they wouldn't let her go to mass and then they went then the church officials went and saw her and said hey like you know, you're wearing men's clothes again. You are not supposed to be wearing men's clothes. You, okay. and then that's why they ended up executing her. Well, it wasn't just the men's clothes. It's because she then started talking about the visions. The visions again. again. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. okay. they wouldn't let her go because to the Because the men's clothes was like, well, that's what they gave her to wear. So it's not really her fault. But then she did. But, but so she had repent, like she had actually signed this thing. And so I was curious to how she felt. Because my, I think that she regretted it because it was like a weakness and not stick in the course. And after that, that's mm -hmm. why she was like, I'm not going back now. So I was just wondering if you could ask her how she felt when, you know, right after signing that repentance. It does feel like a moment of weakness and it's almost like this tiny sliver of emotion from her. Like, oh, I'm cracking. I might, I might express some emotion here, but it's such a slim... In like the span of her life, there's this tiny little slither of um like she got scared for a moment. Yeah, and that's where I feel her being being the realist. Mm. Just that little snip of emotion. Like, oh, she was scared. It's when the mask comes off. Yeah. I don't doubt that she was. Pretty scary thing. But then afterwards they just screwed her over again. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I mean. I think that then fueled her. Um, you're saying she may have been raped again if she was when she was younger in prison. It just knocked her. I, f I feel this great sense of disassociation, um, like not being in her body at all. Again, if you're not in your body, you can't receive divine messages, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That's just coming from the mind. Well, there's also this whole thing now that they're trying to figure out what clinical psychosis she had. Of course. Right? They're looking at, was it epilepsy? Was it, you know, all these things? And they're trying to tell from all the court documents, like, what was it? Although they obviously ruling out the fact that people actually, this is a real thing that people do speak to spirits and can hear things. But, I mean, I guess we could ask her that too. Like, was... Was it as a result of some medical... I mean, I guess she wouldn't really know, but... Well, even labels now on mental health issues, I don't really like them, and I 
I think no, a lot because anybody like, like you would just be labeled something I'm schizophrenic. Yeah. Apparently. Oh, is that what it <laughs> no, is? No, I don't know. That's what I'm talking to people. Maybe multiple personality. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation. But well, I used the word narcissistic earlier, and I know that term's thrown around a lot lately. But it does feel like this grandiose sense of self like there's a few boxes I feel that she'd be ticking for that disorder um, hmm. but I wouldn't even label I wouldn't even label that a disorder like even in life now um, hmm. it's an ego thing it's from trauma and pain in your childhood maybe another life I don't know and you've built up this defense around yourself and so you lead from the mind and the ego to protect yourself yeah, and that means destroying other people sometimes. So I guess we could looking at yourself. We could ask her: Was she up until you know she was arrested and put in jail or whatever? Was she actually a virgin? I don't believe that she was, but I say it was by rape rather than love. Because I could see how maybe some guy tried to, and then she killed him or hit him or something, and that made her protect that even more. Like, you're not getting me. Even if, like, she'd had the trauma of the attack without it actually being consummated. I feel like it would have happened when she was too young to fight back. Mm, okay. Because it's quite interesting in that Charles, because he heard of her because she was so adamant, I need to go meet with this king because I need to tell him my message, he's going to be the king. And so, you know, obviously that fed his ego, like, oh, I want to meet this girl. And then she said, you know, I'm... And, and was claiming... I don't know if it was at this point yet, but, you know, like I'm this, the person that this prophecy has been talking about and I'm a virgin. And he had her examined by his mother-in-law and like some other high ladies actually apparently examined her to verify that she was a virgin, right? Is that what you read too? Yeah. But that's, you can't do that. That's, <laughs> that's like whatever. That's just the rubber stamp of virginity. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, that's apparently how it stamp. was verified. Yeah, but it's rubber stamped. It's, it's whatever. I don't know. It's I just think it's crazy that they even needed to go verify. They needed to verify. Like, why does it matter? Well, of course they need to verify. They need to verify it to to have it fit in with the myth. Yeah. The myth that the virgin's going to lead France to victory. So the question is, did those ladies lie? I just, well, this, I don't think there's a true way of showing whether someone's a virgin or not. Yeah. Because you could see how you would like, be like, oh, well, we better just say yes, even though it doesn't look like it. Why don't we just well, say yes? Because then that justifies my son's ascension to the Exactly. Front. And they probably feel like, oh, if she wasn't a virgin, she'd look this particular way. Like, you know how the you just stories of it what uh, somebody who's had loads of sex looks like down there. Um, <laughs> or they're just like, yes, she looks young and innocent. She must be a virgin. She says she is. And, and like you said, it, it fits into the narrative of, what they Charles. needed. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. What was her relationship like with Charles? Because I think she was 18 and he was only 26. Hmm. Feels like someone who accepted her. And that feels good. It feels like a safe space. It almost feels like a moment of respite for her. And there's like room for her to move around. She's not in so much fear. So there's a safety around her. So there's space for her to move and like do things. Any deeper than that about the relationship? 
And also there feels like the space between the two of them. I'm seeing them like on opposite sides of a room. Um, and he's accepting of her and letting her be there. But he doesn't feel like he's very entwined with her. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. I, I want to know, because she was like, she dressed as a man. And she basically went on like the war campaign with armies. Did she ever have a relationship with a man? Like, I mean, back in those days, the old army war camp was not <laughs> yeah. a pleasant place. It doesn't feel like she's capable of genuine love. At this point, I don't think she would allow herself to be raped again, especially if she's got weapons and she's in charge. And it feels like it would have been a sign of weakness if she had relations with a male. Because she was this saintly person even then, because she's like, I'm being, you know, given instructions by God. When she would show up at a particular point in the battle scene, all the soldiers would rally. And that's why they won a couple of things that they shouldn't have. Like at one point they're trying to take this one tower and they were just starting to retreat and she shows up. She's like, let's go. And then they ended up winning. Mm. So she was like a, uh, what is that? Like an inspiration symbol. or a symbol. Yeah. Well. Yeah. A symbol. Like the mascot. What's the word? Um, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like it doesn't mean, or the placebo effect. It doesn't mean that she was actually divinely inspired but if everyone believes in it, then you manifest it. Mm -hmm. Well, here, here's an interesting one. is Her name is not actually Joan of Arc. Like, nobody actually knows what her real name is. Oh, they literally don't know. No, they don't I know. I thought they did. No, there's ideas and there's, there's speculation as to what her name is, but nobody knows what her real name actually was. Mm. They know her first name was some form of Jean, but they yeah. don't even know if that was it. And... Dark would be John that from came, Ark. Yeah, which, that came later. Was she from? Oh. No. Well, her no father, her father's name <laughs> was Dart, without the apostrophe. I think, like in the trial documents, her father's name was listed as D A R T. Um, so it's like some variation of that. But they don't know her name. No, okay. they don't know exactly when she was born either. Did she ever feel betrayed by Charles? She's very strange. Because I'm hearing, like, he didn't owe me anything. Only his crown. Again, I don't believe her. She's presenting herself as very... She's hyper-independent. And it's... Strange for someone so ego-driven to say he doesn't owe me anything. Like, well, like you said, he owes me his crown. Yeah. But that's where the... Um, Kind of like a martyr coming through. But it's not real. Do you think she's trying to cover up the fact that she did care? that he? Because, I mean, she was captured and sold, basically. There was like a ransom paid and she was sold off to the English. And there's no evidence that he ever tried to save her. Once the English bought her. Yeah. Early on there is. Oh, yeah. I kind of feel like... He had what he wanted, and like I said earlier, she needed to be stopped. I wonder about that too. He's kind of like, oh, yeah, somebody's got. She's causing more tension than is needed. He seems like quite a reasonable person, from what I can gather. Who? Charles. 
you know, like he wasn't just trying to take over everything and diplomat. I always think if someone's, there's diplomacy, it's usually, they're usually fairly intelligent versus just wanting to fight all the time. Should we call Charles in? Yeah, we could. I'd be interested. Yeah. What did you say Charles is sick? Um, just get it right. Let's pick the right was. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Charles. That's a good idea. Charles the seventh. The seventh. Of, of yeah. France. Correct. He's French. Okay. <clears throat> Charles VII of France. I feel that he doesn't want to associate himself so much with her. Really? Yeah. He doesn't want to be responsible for her actions. It's kind of mean, actually. It does feel a bit like she was used, so I can understand why she is the way she is. Mm-hmm. feels like she was used over and over again in her life by men in many different ways. And he did benefit from her. He did get something. But then at some point, he kind of just discards her because it feels dangerous to be associated with her. And it's it feels like it's challenging his integrity as king. Is he king? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just because she presented herself as the virgin who's going to lead everyone, she's still a woman. Um, and I feel like there were perhaps challenges to him of you're letting a woman like run your army or whatever and, and do all this stuff. And so it's threatening his masculinity because he feel, feels quite passive when she first comes along. And then after a while, there's some people are challenging him, it feels so he has to disassociate from her. That makes sense. What else can right. we ask him? So not a saint. I don't feel so. I've just, it's just been bestowed upon her by humans yeah yeah no i i mean i got that sense just from reading all this stuff on her but i'm like wow this woman she was just like a bull in a china shop and unstoppable and like she was twice she tried to escape when she was captured once she jumped out of a 70 foot tower to try to escape that's like to me like driven by some ungodly some kind of drive that was strange. Mm. She survived. She was injured, but she survived. 70-foot wow. jump out of a tower. It's insane. Onto what? Just the I ground? don't know. The a moat. dry moat. She, yeah. Oh. A dry moat. <laughs> Splat. Okay. I, so much of me wants to like dig deeper and... Oh, let's, okay, let's try and get to her higher self or her soul. I want to... Yes, that would be interesting. Go back. And get past <clears throat> Joan because she's not. We're not getting anywhere. See, there I see someone hanging their head in shame. Really? Yeah. It's like I'm just peeling off the layers, trying to get to the realness of her. And I don't believe your soul can avoid that. I don't believe that she succeeded in whatever mission she had in that life. Doesn't mean that she wasn't meant to take action but I don't believe she took the right action. Maybe she was meant to go so far and then step back, and that was the challenge. Can yeah. you step back Yeah. from power? So really, she led herself to her own destruction, and that's part of the reason I feel like that was divine intervention. Like, she was... Well, it's so horrible to say someone's deserving of being burnt at the stake because they're not... Maybe just arrested. Yeah. But Catch back it. then, you're going to be murdered, so... Yeah. It's self-inflicted. It's 
Does the soul, the higher level soul, have an idea of what her purpose actually was? It feels like there's something in there about accepting the life she was given. She feels like a very rebellious soul. And I'm like, you chose to be a woman, but she just never, she never really accepted it. Maybe she spent, like, all her life before that as a man, and she didn't feel comfortable doing it. So that feels like a huge part of the lesson. She did catalyze a lot, though. Like, she did, like, she had a tremendous impact on the course of World history. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and, you know, like it was, what, 20 years after the English left, the Hundred Years War was over, and the English left France, and that was... Couldn't have been done without it, really. Well, I mean, arguably it could have, but who knows? You don't know. That's what happened. But what happened was she did this. They had this whole siege of Orléans. Charles VII is now made king. And then 20 years later, the English are gone and the war's over. And so she did something. Yeah. There was definitely an impact. She died, which... The part part that's interesting about the, you know, her calling to crown him is... You know, what our knowledge of the spiritual world and people's, you know, like, that's a funny one, right? This person needs to be made king. You know, like, Mm -hmm. that's, people get certain things about what they need to do for themselves or to become a better person, but to, to be called for something very, like, why not the British guy, you know? So that's the, that I have questions about that because I find... I never completely trust those ones where it's like these people are the chosen ones and those people are not. Um, I, want, I want to know why, and maybe it's not, maybe it's difficult to know, but why the Archangel Michael? Why did she pick him? Yeah, like why? Because that was, she testified at the trial that the vision was of the, in the garden of the Archangel Michael, surrounded by angels, and was told her what to do. Well, he is the protector. He's the one with the shield and the sword. Because immediately I was like, oh, well, if it's a messenger, then the messenger is Archangel, Archangel Gabriel, right? But Michael's, I guess he's the, yeah, the protector. Why did she pick? Did he come through to her? I don't know. Where did she take a message and turn it into something else? Mm-hmm. She clearly had her own faith. She died for it. And... If she knows about these angels, then you know, she's knowledgeable on the subject. Well, it's interesting because the angels, well, there's, I think, two saints and then Archangel Michael were the main ones, these two female saints, but they were all local. Archangel Michael was a protector of her town and of the region or of something region. like that. And same with the two other lady saints. They were, they were known to that area. Where was she from in France? Uh, northeastern France. Okay. So I, you know, again, it could be like that's what she grew up learning about. So, hey, it's convenient to say it was them. Or maybe they do hang out in that area and appear to the people that live there. Because there's many stories of that happening too, like just throughout the world. Um, well, I think Archangel Michael's everywhere. Yeah, he I is. I believe he's it's true. destined for one place. But it's like them giving her sainthood. They just chose it. It's just to help you believe yeah, that someone's there protecting you. Yeah. And then also I think um, when the spirits do come through, they'll come through as something that's recognizable to that person. Hmm. Right? So it's like if you are like 
really into Jesus, probably Jesus is who's going to show up to you versus like those other ones that you've probably never heard of. Yeah. Um, they'll come through and that they're all kind of one anyways, I'm sure. Um, I had one kind of specific question with Charles, I guess we could ask Charles. Mm -hmm. So there was this one siege that Joan did. So there was a one point when, uh, the English and the French agreed to a four month truce, but within that time, Joan went and did this kind of clandestine siege of Compiègne. And so nobody's really clear as to whether she did that on her own uh, against his wishes or if quietly she was being given funds to do that. Okay. I feel like he did support her, but it feels like this could be a point where because it was in secret, that's where people challenged his authority because it looked like she did it on her own and he didn't want people to know that he gave her the go-ahead so then people challenged him or questioned his leadership hmm. yeah because that's what they say is they wouldn't have she wouldn't have had the funds to be able to mm. mount that campaign without his help mm. but it was unofficial because he was in a truce mm. mm -hmm. um, and so I guess he couldn't turn around and say no that was me yeah because then he's violating that and yeah. looking bad losing face that way and then, but then her doing it of her own is also a problem. Yeah, so yeah, it's, interesting. it's a, abandonment. He should have thought about that before. Yeah. <laughs> the optics are not good either way for him. No. Yeah. Okay. I don't know that I have any more questions. So, so, so fascinating. Mm. This is like why I wanted to do this podcast, right? It's because... There's all this received wisdom about how things were, but it's always told by people with agendas or who knows, like just humans, right? Yeah. And um, that have their own reasons for everything. And it's like, what's what's really going on there, even though it was, so what, 700 years ago? 600 years ago? And she's still a saint. Mm. Yeah. It's just so crazy and a little bit scary that someone she's, presenting themselves in She's a ways. martyr. Yeah. She's not, I mean, she's not, she's not canonized as a martyr because she was put to death by the church. So she <laughs> can't really be a martyr in that sense, but she is popularized as a martyr and she's a saint as, what is it, a virgin saint. That's. I guess it's empowering to hear a story of a woman who led an army and challenged authority. That's cool. It is cool. Just the energy of it that I'm feeling from her doesn't feel... As, so the, cool. as, the, as the, the Wikipedia yeah. article on her puts it, transcended gender roles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly what she thought she was doing. <laughs> yeah, and how did she feel about killing people, do you think? I think that made her feel powerful. Wow. She's not, like I said, she feels completely disassociated. She's not in her body in that life because there's too much pain, yeah. Wow. Cool. Well, shall we just say thank you so much, Joan, for Erjan, yeah. for coming through um, for us. to you. Yeah. <laughs> and Charles, thanks. Yes. Okay. So let's ask Chris, how was this for you? It was interesting. It was cool. I got more people I want to talk to now <laughs> that I have an idea. Yeah. I thought he would. I'm like, yeah. He loves history, too. So what, what were your thoughts? There are comments. Um, 
comments. I don't know. Yeah, I suppose it was interesting to like just get a sense of her, I suppose, and like this because it, it it was interesting what you said that it was like divine intervention that she died because she was stopped. And I don't know. I, I see this like there's two sides to kind of everything in history, the way to see it, right? And I don't think that it's I don't really really know where I'm going with this, but that this is this other side that is not necessarily the popularized version of who she is. Um, and you can like there is stuff in the in in the actual like historical record or historians that have gone out and studied her that that, that do say yeah there's questions about you know the sainthood of her you know is, is she really a saint or i mean she's made a saint by the church so obviously in that sense she's a saint but like really what went on with her is it this this so it's obviously not this whitewashed story of this woman who was given Pure. a message by god and was a yeah. virgin and no. like there's a lot of <laughs> no. there's a lot of um grit and dirt and nastiness just reality you know like we brush yeah, well, we I mean. paint people well, as saints often she, right she was on the freaking war path in the 1400s like that's not a pretty scene <laughs> at all i know it blows my mind <laughs> and that, it really and does you know that she's like this really aggressive and rough and big shield i mean you, you would need that that's the yeah. only way that you would be able to function within that social system at that time on the war path in the 1400s like that's probably one of the most hellish places you could mm. imagine being yeah <laughs> well and i just pictured when you had her with the shield i just pictured all these people just being knocked out of the way like mm. i'm doing this everybody step aside you know like i've got my mission oh it was such a honey that was a really good pick yeah thank was you it? yeah it was a really <laughs> good pick um, thank you everybody for listening and we hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll look forward to seeing you next time thank you